Welcome to this week's episode of Bury the Lead. I am one of your co-hosts, Winnipeg Free Press multimedia producer, Aaron Labar. And I'm your other co-host, Winnipeg Free Press columnist, Jen Zarati. And thanks for being with us today. Uh, we have quite a few things on the docket today. Uh, we're going to talk about Mother's Day, because that's on Sunday. We're going to talk about Interstellar Rodeo and other festival-like things happening in the city and the packed summer schedule. And we're also going to talk about the new worry tent at the Teddy Bears picnic and about youth and anxiety. So, how was your week? My week was good. We had all of the, you know, birthday shenanigans on the weekend, mm-hmm. which was really fun. We went to the Common with some friends and uh, hung out there, which is super fun. And then as a birthday present to myself, I purchased a sort of like sideboard buffet kind of thing from this lady on Facebook who does it called upcycling. I don't, I'm not hip to all these terms, but basically it means like buying something that looks like garbage and then fixing it up and making it like, like cute. Making it a little cuter. Right. So I bought this thing from her and she was super sweet and just delivered it basically 10 minutes after I messaged her on Facebook. She's like, I'll bring it over right now. Um, so that was exciting but also it's always a pain in the ass to get new furniture because mm-hmm. you have to move everything else out of the way and then clean stuff and it's almost more trouble than it's worth but it looks good and uh, on top of that I inherited a record player from my dad um I can't believe you didn't have a record player yeah I as a music as it's a music true lover. and I always felt a little bit weird about that like shaming myself in some way for not being cool enough Where's your credibility right but also we grew up in the 90s like I have cassette tapes and CDs out the wazoo yeah but not a lot of records because I just wasn't popular until you know recently yeah um so I inherited this record player from my dad and he I had had a receiver and speakers just sitting in my apartment from my uncle so I put all this free shit together and I have a bitchin' sound system. <laughs> I feel like I've used all these words because that's what cool kids used to say. But uh, I have literally three records, so now I have to go to my dad's collection of probably 500 records, and go th- which are not alphabetized, by the way, so I'm going to have to like sort through all of them and pick some to borrow and test it out. We have quite a few records. Um, my husband collected them, and then we always go to the uh, Rockin' Richards record sale. Oh, yeah. That happens twice a year. I should Victorian. go to them. It's great. Um, and so we have obviously a record player a downstairs one and upstairs one and lots of records but my confession to you is I have never actually put a record on what I, I haven't like dropped the needle I don't know it just makes me nervous why I don't know you're like I, scared you're gonna break it or something right I see it seems like a fragile technology even though I, I've seen it happen I've seen other people do it yeah well I mean for this record player because it is a little bit older I did watch my dad do it Ours is older four too, or five times yeah because I'm I'm very clumsy and I'm like, I'm like a gentle giant. Like I unintentionally break things a lot. I don't know my own strength. (laughs) So I have this thing where my hands just let go of stuff. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So sometimes it's just, I call it a synapse misfire where I could be holding anything or like trying to like put down my pen or hairbrush and just, I will throw it across the room. (laughs) Well, you can come and practice on my record player if you want to. I appreciate that. And also, if anyone listening has recommendations of records that I should buy or listen to or find in some way, or they want to send me records, I will appreciate any free records that you want to send to me. I'll take any records off your hand um, because I, you know, will listen to anything once, right? Yeah. Um, How was your week, Jen? 
Uh, my week was good. Um, finally, so last week we talked about how we are trying goat yoga and we mm-hmm. had hoped to do that before this episode, but we're actually doing it after we record this. I'm so excited. So we'll report back after that. There's a petting zoo. Oh, there's so, I'm so m- excited. It's very exciting. Baby goats make mm. everything better. Um, but I got into a conversation. I met up with a friend of mine who is getting married this year mm-hmm. and as several of my friends are, um, just because we're that age group. And I was talking about your wedding feature and I kind of had an epiphany just through things that we were talking about and kind of the experiences that we had had and her so far and her planning and me through mine. Right. And how I think there's this idea that we're so afraid of being cast as the bridezilla that we've overcorrected. And now we're like any sort of minor <laughs> request or like desire <laughs> is suddenly like a, an an insane demand um so that's just kind of funny like and i was recognizing that in myself a lot through my planning yeah i didn't want to be like i don't want to be the bridezilla so it's like practically like um is it okay if i wear like a nice dress you know yeah well this is what i want damn it and that's okay because it's my day right and you're paying out the wazoo for it so you should get what you want within reason of course but i uh i not feel bad about that right and uh, when i spoke to all the vendors for that story I think only one of them had a true bridezilla story, but the rest of them said the majority of times it's the peripheral family members that are the difficult ones and not so much the bride or the groom. So, yeah. So either way, I mean, lose, lose. (laughs) You're either too demanding or not assertive enough. Um, So that was something I was thinking about this week. And then also this week, um, we have some more pod news. Yeah. We, so our official print launch is today. So if you are a subscriber to the free press, you may have seen our lovely our, faces. Our faces in there. And our, our cartoon faces too. Mm-hmm. So we have a new landing page on the website. Which is super, super cute. Um, I made some jokes in an accompanying column. It's She used the phrase nut graph. I did. I worked nut graph into it. Which made me laugh. So I expect my national newspaper award nomination next year <laughs> best use of the <laughs> phrase nut graph because to me i win and also we had keep neglecting to do this but we have to give a shout out um to my husband nicholas friesen who produced the first couple episodes of the show he did because it's recorded in my basement and he and we needed a, help and we needed help and he uh he hosts his own radio show um, based on the blog that he founded called Jaden Related, which is dedicated to 90s can rock. Um, so he is an audio producing whiz. So he helped us with that. And also his band Future Kids lent us some music um, right. before we got our own. Got our own. So shout out to him and shout out to all the people at work who have supported this project thus far and have created the new landing page and all and that basically stuff, done so. everything and been really nice to us the first thing that we are going to talk about today is mother's day mother's day so are you um doing anything with your mom this weekend i believe so um it's it's funny how like once you get married or are seeing someone or have more moms in your life how it becomes a little bit more logistics and then like my sister-in-law is a mom now she her her first mother's day was actually two days after she gave birth last year that's very yeah so there's lots of moms um so i am definitely hanging out with my mom at some point i don't know what we're doing yet but it's always it's always nice to see her um i think we were talking before um we started recording about how 
we both live, Aaron and I live in the same neighborhoods as our moms. And I feel like I don't take advantage of that enough. Like I feel like I still, I see my mom pretty regularly, but I feel like I could see her more. I probably take advantage of it too much. <laughs> I Well, I see my mom probably once or twice a week um, and she will lure me over with promises of free dinner. Mm-hmm. So that's always a very, um, very appealing. It is. And it like she knows how to if she wants me to come over, she'll just be like, there's a roast in the crock pot and I'll be there in <laughs> 10 minutes. And then she'll also follow that up with You'll smell you, it from your house. You can do your laundry and then I'll go over and we'll watch dance moms. And it's a great night. Speaking of moms, I wrote a column for this week's Uptown about the reclamation of mom and kind of the appropriation mm-hmm. of mom on the Internet and how it's kind of become like, you know, queen or boss. People are calling each other mom, which I found kind of interesting because yeah. I think the term mom for a long time was very uncool and kind of evoked like minivan suburbia kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like this new reclamation of it because it kind of um, it breaks down a lot of those stereotypes that I well, think yeah. still plague moms and still make moms feel weird about becoming moms. Yeah. And so many of my friends are in that mm-hmm. place in their lives, too. Um, it's just, it's interesting how our relationships to the idea of being moms, our relationships to our own moms, our relationships mm-hmm. to our friends who have, you know, become mothers yeah. themselves, um, changes. So yeah. it's, it's interesting when language also changes as well. Yeah. I was saying to you earlier that my mom retired, I think, well, a year and a half ago. And ever since she retired, she's been like the most fun human in the world. And she's like, I've, I always got along with her. We never really had a long-term point of rage (laughs) like a lot of teens teenage girls do have with their mom um but now that you know I'm older and and she's got all this free time and she's just like chill and relaxed and her sense of humor is like on point and I'm really enjoying the retired patty when I, my mom deserves a medal for patience with me as a child because I was, <laughs> I remember screaming at her on two different occasions. One where I wanted to wear like nylons practically and an oversized sweatshirt as was the style in the 90s. 1990. Yeah, for sure. Um, and she was basically like, well, you can wear pants or a skirt, but you're not, you have to wear a bottom. <laughs> and I remember screaming at her that that wasn't, quote, fashionable because, you know, when you're four, you know what you're talking about. And then I used to have super short curly hair. Mm-hmm. And I had, seen pictures. I had dreams of a long, flowing, preferably blonde ponytail. Right. And so I would scream at my mom to, quote, make it longer. <laughs> and I would yank on my ponytail. And like, I just imagined my poor, like, late 20 something mom being like who is this (laughs) you sound like a lovely child (laughs) I was amazing um but I was thinking about Mother's Day too when you're a kid Mm -hmm. and how like you know where it's the glitter and popsicle constructed popsicle oh yes constructed gift and like yes a terrible breakfast in bed oh yes I was the queen armpit o'clock like here's your burnt toast I was my Mark and I my brother and I were the the kings and queens of breakfast in bed because we would get up so early and get the coffee on probably tasted like garbage we'd pour the cereal in a bowl put the milk in at the same time and let it sit on the counter for like two hours and while we're waiting for my mom to wake up and we take it up to her literally a bowl of mush at that point and she would just so pumped and she would just choke it down like a champ so kudos to you mom (laughs) sacrifices moms make 
I used to I used to raid neighborhood gardens for the bouquet because (laughs) I had a very specific image in my head about spring greens. Well, and just how, you know, a breakfast tray should look. Right. (laughs) Little vase of flowers in it. Right. Of course. So I would make that happen by picking like usually a mix of weeds and like a neighbor's tulips. Yes. Which I recognize as theft, but I'm hoping (laughs) it sounds adorable. Right. And when I was a kid too, we used to, I was, uh, raised Catholic and so I was in a catechism class and every Mother's Day they would do like an after church brunch situation and the kids would write something on a paper and go up on stage and tell everybody why they love their mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was probably maybe seven, seven or between seven and nine somewhere in there and I went up on stage and I said I love my mom because she lets me eat cold pizza for breakfast and that was like the reason why <laughs> and my mom was just mortified and everyone was laughing and uh that's that's a fond mother's day memory for me Adorable. Maybe, maybe not so much for her so the point of this segment has been it's mother's day call your moms call your moms or mom like figures happy mother's day mom they want to hear from you happy mother's day mom also this week um you covered the lineup release for interstellar rodeo i did uh they are the last kind of major festival to drop their lineup just because they're so so late into the summer end of august yes but you had that lineup before and i can't believe you kept the headliner a secret from me. well apparently i'm the only one who kept it a secret because everyone at the lineup party already knew so you were very diligent because you didn't even tell me and it's very if someone tells me information is in back if you are sleeping under a rock sorry it's it's back it's back but if someone tells me information is embargoed then i don't tell anybody you're a good person I'm like, oh, Ben McPhee Sigurdsson. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't think he told anybody, but. Uh, I also, well, as you know, I love rules and yeah. structure. So same. Um, but yeah, it's super exciting. Yeah. Festival season, I feel like comes earlier every year. Yes. For those of us who work, work it. arts of life or arts of life adjacent. Yeah. I don't think people understand. I mean, uh, everyone says, oh, you get to go to all this stuff for free. You have the best job ever. But. I don't think people understand how exhausting it is to have to go to everything and not for fun to work at everything. All the late nights, all the reviews, all the, you know, 14 hour days. I mean, it's, it's nice and it's a privilege to be able to attend all these things, but it's, it's really exhausting. Yeah. I do less of it now, but I remember when I was doing that, it's uh, because you're right from jazz fest into country fest into folk fest into fringe, fringe fest, into folklorama folklorama then into interstellar. interstellar yeah so but i mean winnipeg is a town of festivals and people are really they're committed supportive. to the festival yeah. like i know a lot of people who deliberately plan their summer holidays around folk fest mm-hmm. every single year yeah. never miss it haven't missed one in its entire run yeah and i feel like everybody has their one can't miss festival for sure so a lot of people are folkies a lot of people are i'm gonna see 15 fringe fest shows my family like a, a story last year for the free press were folklorama people although this year we're not doing folklorama but um that was our festival and so i think there while there are a few people who do multiple things uh it seems that every every festival sort of has their pocket of fandom you know what i mean and it kind of becomes one of those things that you pass down generally oh yeah generationally for sure um because there's so many people who grew up as adorable folk fest toddlers that now take their own kids right um so it's it's interesting with interstellar because they're fairly new on the scene yes is is their third year their third year Mm -hmm. um so there isn't quite that history yeah but i think 
I have a lot of hopes for it that it will develop that kind of history because I really love that festival and I really am here for the fact that it's geared towards like 30 something. Oh yeah. For kind of like because I'm kind of a veteran of the big rock festival scene like I've done. You did Lala. I did Lollapalooza several years in a row. I've been to Oceaga and they're just you get to a point where it's just like I don't know if this is fun for me anymore. Right. I see why it's fun for other people. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that that's necessarily the best way for me to consume music. Generally speaking, I don't enjoy consuming live music in a festival environment. I find it very uh, distracting and I get very uh, overwhelmed is the wrong word, but I just I don't enjoy being in crowds, basically. Well, it's hard. I'm going to tell the story because it's gross and you should hear it. <laughs> um, I remember one year at... Lollapalooza and it was this was sort of the moment where I was like I'm done with this um a guy who is fairly inebriated young guy <laughs> uh proceeds to dry heave and then throw up everywhere in front like and you right. know you have to stand awesome. pretty close together mm-hmm. and uh everyone's like oh dude like and he shrugs <laughs> of course <laughs> what are you gonna do what are you gonna do mid spew because what are you gonna do like it's happening and then, but that wasn't the moment that sealed it for me. The moment that sealed it for me was when two lovely hippie-esque girls walked bare through foot through what would have been a oh, still warm gross. stream of vomit. Oh my God, Jen, yeah. please stop. <laughs> that, I can't. Like, I feel it like percolating in my throat right that now. That was the moment where I was like, you know what? Yeah, I'm I'm good. I've done this. Well, as I will men- continue to mention in every single episode of this podcast, my soul is 90 years old. So I, I like the calm. I like organization i like order i like having clean porta potties i like having wine brought to me while i'm working don't tell the paper (laughs) (laughs) um so i just i like that it's sort of like a more chill festival with an older crowd and i find that a lot of our music festivals are that vibe like oh yeah certainly folk fest is not like the elbow to elbow oh no fighting your way up no and, um, it's much more a nap in the grass kind of feel for sure. yeah and then of course our jazz festival is very venue based um and it's, it's yeah. like kind of a different take on the urban festival than what interstellar offers so mm-hmm. i feel like even if you did go to every single festival they're mm-hmm. all they're very different there's not really a ton of overlap yeah definitely um speaking of not really a festival but another winnipeg tradition teddy bears picnic is coming up i love the teddy bears me too i have very fond memories of it always rains it always (laughs) rains and the saddest part to me is at the end of the festival when people have lost their teddy bears and there's always like a you forgot your bear like missing bear alert oh it breaks my heart um what also made me fully sob at my desk (laughs) 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 was the uh carol sanders had a story in the paper this week about the new tent that will be featured at the teddy bears picnic this year the worry bear tent yeah Um, i saw that yeah so it's it's basically for kids who wanted to bring their bears or themselves um and talk about things such as anxiety or worrying or Mm -hmm. you know feeling sad Mm -hmm. um and all the you know boo-boos that you can't see, as Carol put it. In her oh. um, so I think it's a really great initiative. And I'm really glad yeah. that that conversation is starting younger. Younger. Yeah. And uh, that the, the picnic is acknowledging it that way. I think it's great. Yeah. I mean, we were talking about this yesterday when we were kind of preparing for the pod that it's hard to say. I, f- I feel like youth anxiety is a topic that comes up more often now than it used to. And it's hard to say whether... That is because like societal that we're feeling more anxious that we are, that we are actually feeling more anxious or whether 
Um, finish my thought, Jen. Or whether we're just talking about it more because Thank you. some of those stigmas have been yes. have been um, chipped away. Right. Um, and of course, there's still lots of work to do on the mental health front, including oh, yeah. coverage for people. Um, which is, <laughs> don't even get me started. Yeah. But I think for kids, and I think most of us have an experience where we felt really anxious but didn't have the vocabulary to articulate what we were feeling and also because not only not have the vocabulary but not have the context I suppose for sure um I can remember I was saying earlier I can remember when I was in eighth grade so I would have been about 13 years old and I was so overwhelmed with all of the schoolwork I was in the AP program that I literally was at my kitchen table crying my eyes out because I didn't know how to like process all the stress and anxiety that was happening at 13 I remember vividly a segment about anxiety and panic disorders on like a six o'clock newscast mm-hmm. that literally gave me a panic attack. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. I remember oh. I was like, because I'm a hypochondriac at the best of times. Still right. am like a good, good Googler of symptoms over here. <laughs> and I remember like, like just vibrating and asking my mom, like, do I have anxiety? And she was probably like "Mm, maybe (laughs) so and that's something that uh, and I've written about in columns as well and is um, no secret to those familiar with my work but that's something that I do struggle with is anxiety Mm -hmm. Um, and I see a cognitive behavioral therapist for that who has given me great tools in my tool belt Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah I wonder if I would have I was gonna ask like looked into that sooner had you know I encountered something like the worry bird. The worry bird. For our last segment, we always talk about what we're reading, watching, and or listening to. Mm-hmm. Um, this week, I started watching the new Netflix series, Girl Boss. I haven't watched it yet. Okay. I'm about four or five episodes in. I'm not actually sure how many episodes there are, but... How are you finding it? I'm conflicted because I, I do enjoy watching it, but I just find the main character Sophia or Sophie I think it's Sophie um just so unlikable because she is like the girl that I have always hated (laughs) that's like really brash really rude like steals things thinks she is like like definition of entitlement and and thinks that it's okay to be that way Mm. and I'm hoping that at some point her character like has some sort of epiphany and realizes she's just a jerk and that perhaps everyone, the world is not against her. Like she's actually causing all of these things to happen to herself. Um, but I, I do enjoy the series. I, I can't tell you exactly why because I do dislike the character so much. But the the other cast members are really interesting. And the premise is that she uh, is trying to start a vintage clothing company on eBay. It's set in the in the early 2000s, I believe. Um, and so, so she... She's just trying to develop this this um, vintage clothing business online. It's been on my list, my growing Netflix list. So I was lamenting to someone. I'm like, I feel like all I talk about is TV. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I will give you a quick I'm watching, which is I'm halfway through the new uh, season of Grace and Frankie, which love. I love that show. Love, love, love. Um, yeah. Jane Fonda, Lily Tomlin. If you're not watching it, get with the good times because it's a very good show. And it's also you know, and I think I've said this before, even possibly on the podcast, um, about how it's nice to see mm-hmm. older people. Right. And, uh, 
a sitcom where the leads are in their 70s. Yeah. Um, but what I'm reading right now is a new essay collection. Still the book a week. It's keeping on trucking. Um, by a writer named Durga Chubos. And she, uh, her essay collection is called Too Much and Not in the Mood, but people might recognize her writing from a variety of places. Um, the New Inquiry, Rookie, I think a few other places as well. Um, but she just has, even if she's writing about something, a really simple or really everyday experience, she's just such a beautiful writer with such mm-hmm. great attention to detail that I, I just find her stuff really engaging in the book so far has been, has been the same. So yeah, that's what I'm reading right now. And what are you working on next week? Working on next week. Um, I'm going on holidays in two weeks, which Woo-hoo. is very exciting for me. Um, so I, everything is the answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I don't know if we have talked too much about the big musical project that no. we're doing. So I'm hoping to get started work on that. I'm going to talk about that in a second. Um You can talk about it now. Okay, I will. <laughs> um, so for Canada 150 the arts department for some god unknown reason decided to choose the most important i think was the wording we decided 150 songs in canadian music history so it's been a bit of a nightmare (laughs) we knew it would be a nightmare about five minutes after we started trying to pick the songs. any list is a nightmare yeah so there's eight of us that are trying to narrow this down i think we're pretty much done picking the songs but now comes the part where we have to write about them all and defend and defend our choices, defend our choices. Um, which is going to be an absolutely mammoth task. But we're up to it. We're up to it. We're going to see if we can reach out to other artists to talk about songs for us. So it's not just us talking about all of them. Um, a couple little baby think pieces in there might be nice. Get some audiovisual things happening. It'll be it'll be nice when it's all done. It, it'll be, that's how I feel about everything. <laughs> It'll be nice when it's done. Um, as always, you can find everything that we're working on at uh, winnipegfreepress.com. You can also follow us on Twitter. I'm at Jen Zerati. And I'm at Naya Rabble, which, as always, is just my name backwards. And we'll see you next week. Bye.